I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am so tired in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line in the midst of her terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, I'm also really tired. And it's not just a day, it's a week. It's a whole ass week. (laughs) Friends, this is episode 293 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 292 episodes, which just run the entire gamut of emotions. Some of them we were doing awesome in, some of them we were doing not great in. See the two years of COVID. <laughs> please refer to <laughs> please refer to the year 2021. <laughs> but they are all wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. You can find us there. And, and if you give us a little rate review... We'll follow, subscribe, what have you. You won't ever have to worry about finding us again. No. Because we're not scared of commitment. We're just going to come to you. From the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, escorted by your mans. Chauncey Fasilicus III, geek down internet elf. Girl, he ain't scared of commitment either. No, he's a, he's a marriage counselor. <laughs> Adds credentials all the time. I can't keep no. up anymore. I cannot keep up. Uh, friends, if you have uh, tips for getting better sleep <laughs> or navigating uh, the hellish landscape of life under capitalism, you can hit me and Kate up at uh, twitter.com slash geekdownpod. It's where the show lives on the social meds. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so we can <laughs> navigate the hellscape of life under capitalism a little easier... <laughs> Go ahead and throw three bucks in the old tip jar over at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, where you can support this endeavor financially for all the years of laughter and thought tears, tears, thought provoking that we have friendship provided to you. Friendship. Friendship, friendship is magic, y'all. Friendship at the four. For the friendship, most of all. Isn't that worth three dollars? The fifth element is love. <laughs> I feel like the fifth element should cost more than $3, but that's all we're charging for, y'all. Love is free. <laughs> Though, but th- the $3 is so that we can min- maintain that love. Yes. <laughs> we're, we'll show up for free. $3 keeps us there. You know how we do. Yeah. Friends, we are recording on a Friday. It's weird. This time out, it's very, it's very weird, but this is just... It's uh, not, it's not, you know, it's not like we've never done that before, but it is definitely, it's always weird on a Friday afternoon. It is, but we, uh, I don't know about you, I have a very packed weekend coming up. So packed. Well, it's still my birthday week happening. That's right. It was, Caitlin. how was your birthday? Oh my God, I'm burying the lead. Caitlin, um, happy yeah. belated. Thank you. Although I said happy, I said happy birthday on the last podcast, but it can still be your birthday. Yeah. Like I said, it's a week. I'm in my thirties. Birthdays are a week. <laughs> birthdays now. are a week. Yeah. How are you enjoying birthday week? Uh, well, even though it's my no good, terrible, uh, week, um, the birthday part of it has been great. Yeah, I, su- I assume the terribleness has nothing to do with the birthday. No. Um, I went to a castle. I went for a, where did you shopping find thing. a castle? Dundurn Castle in, in Hamilton. In this part of the world, at this time yeah. of year. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. So there is Castle Loma in Toronto. Very famous. Um, it basically is a large mansion. Um, it's and the school for gifted youngsters, y'all. Watch X-Men. It is. It is. And it's also, you know, it's been in Scott Pilgrim and it's stood in for many other things as well. Um, but uh, Hamilton has its own castle that's really just a big mansion. Um, and it's it was kind of a joke because uh, senior correspondent and I have been dating for almost 10 or been together for almost 10 years. My God. 
I know. Um, and the joke, the joke was, is that we would, I would never get to see Dendron Castle because like the first time (laughs) he had even driven me around that area, he mentioned Dendron Castle and I got excited and we've tried to go multiple times, but someone's been sick or something's happened or we've double booked. And anyways, so as a surprise, he took me to Dendron Castle, um, and we got a tour and the tour guide wore an old timey outfit, um, which of course I was delighted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was such a great tour. Um, and, uh, I had a lot of fun and then we were going to go out for dinner, but I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. So instead we, we went out for sort of like a early, like a, a tea, if you will, for tea. So we got sandwiches and stuff at a, at a place I really like to eat. And then we went on this like it wasn't, we didn't mean to, but it was like a mini shopping spree. I bought an eyeball cookie jar and I am delighted. <laughs> and I got, I got a comic book and I, um, I got a, just a, a book book and I got a pumpkin spiced, uh, chai latte. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, I did. I'm a basic bitch. It's that time, y'all. It's that, I was giving y'all shit a couple weeks ago for not letting it right out. But listen, it is the 23rd as we are recording this. So fall is officially here. It's Libra season. It's my time. <laughs> I am wearing a big giant sweater, tights, and like the comfiest, warmest um, uh, footwear. And I am in heaven. Girl, all I want to do as soon as this recording is done. It's going to be cold as shit outside tonight. I'm still going to turn my oh. fan on so it gets mad cold in here. And I can just burrito up in here. Yeah. And have the sleep of the just because I don't have to work tomorrow. Um. So uh, in addition to that, because he knows how important it is to me, senior correspondent went all out and he bought me an like a grandma level heated blanket. <laughs> Like full on, like get, remote control. Gas powered. It's it's just like like you know how like the heat you know it's got like it's wires in it's it. Got like a pull it's, cord, like a lawnmower. You just got like, <laughs> it doesn't, but it's like it's you know it's plaid and it's just. I am so de- like I've used it every <laughs> single night. I even used it early, like early this week where it was still like too warm, mm-hmm. but I was so excited. About it's it. worth it. <laughs> Totally worth it. Um, and now that it's gotten cold, I am just like itching to just like bundle myself in it. Um, so yeah, so the birthday was great. My birthday day was great. The people at work were lovely. Shout out to Heather for, um, she decorated my cubicle and she got me a cute, like an adorable gift, which was very kind of her. Um, and then I got a card from everybody signed, which was really nice. And, uh, yeah, it was really, it was, it's been really nice. And then even this weekend I have a uh, dinner with the in-laws and I actually share the, my birthday with, um, uh, senior correspondent's sister's boyfriend. Ooh. Um, so we joke about that a lot. Um, yeah. So I'm not big on astrology, but I'm like, yeah, Virgos, we stick together. So you've been having your fun. My fun is still to come Yeah. tomorrow at the just for laughs festival is kicking off here in Toronto this weekend, the, the spinoff of the uh, renowned Montreal Comedy Festival. And basically on the strength of Issa Rae making an appearance, star and creator of the HBO show Insecure, making an appearance at this event, uh, executive producer Cute was like, we're going. Because nice. she loved her some Issa Rae. Up for good reason. So we are going to go uh, see her tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. And then uh, immediately after that, we're going to go see uh, Busy Phillips record her podcast, do a live oh. re- do a live recording of her podcast, which I've heard is like three hours long. So, oh my god! So I never ain't never going to feel bad about an hour fifteen anymore, y'all. I was just about to say, imagine editing that. Ugh. Here's the thing: I think some of those three hour ones don't really, but I mean, hey, we'll see. And the following week, um, I mean, and then the way the festival set up, like we go to these things and if we check in, we get like, it's very convoluted, but it's like you get two credits. Your pass gets you a headliner and that's Issa Rae, but there were a bunch of headliners. And then you get two credits that you can use on 
any of the other things happening. And basically, you spend yes. you spend your credits, and when you check into the events, you get the credits back. So we go, we spend a credit on Busy Phillips. We check in at Busy Phillips. We get a credit back. We have another credit to go do something else. Oh, um, cool! So I don't know if I will have time or or the ability to really go to anything else. Like I know Mark Marin is making an appearance. I'd probably like to see him uh, if possible. Um, one half of the one Epstein podcast, Sypha sounds is in the city for stuff. I think he's doing a, there's a, there's a free event downtown, um, somewhere near the Esplanade, I think, um, that's going to be happening this weekend. I don't remember the day, but anyway. if it's at old spaghetti factory, go, <laughs> but the other, uh, event that we have already reserved is Gerard Carmichael on the 30th. Oh. So oh, that's awesome. fresh, fresh off his Emmy win for Rathaniel. Yeah. So should be a should be a good time. So that's what that's cool. what I got kicking off this weekend. Oh, and then Sunday is the Downtown Toronto Record Show. So. Man, you are busy. Uh, but you I know, get to take care of a baby this weekend. Oh, I'm like Lord, it's everything she's everything ever wanted. got planned around that. Everything got planned around me. I was like, what day and or days do you need? <laughs> you can have the whole weekend. Sidebar, for all the people who think that Caitlin is the only, like, baby enthusiast on this program, uh, I had a very <laughs> I had a very long conversation with a baby on the sales floor at Major Canadian Retailer the other day. <laughs> I'm told it was very wholesome. Oh, did you? I had to come out and help with something, and and then they didn't need me right away, and I turned and looked, and a baby was in a stroller was fascinated with me, so I just started talking to the baby and having a conversation. That's amazing. I was like, can, I you, believe, can you believe what I have to deal with right now? And she was adorable and, like, held up her little doll, and I was like, "That's you're making out much better than I am. Aww. Wholesome. Friends. Because we're both very tired. And because it's Friday. Yes. yes. And because uh, Caitlin has social outings and I need to go to sleep. We are going to be rocketing through this episode, but that doesn't mean doesn't mean we're going to half-ass it. We got content for y'all. There's news sure in the we do. There's news in the world this week. Caitlin. Yeah. Explain to me this movie you're excited for. Um, okay, there's a movie called I always said it, uh, Rosaline. It might be Rosalyn. Um, it, so oh, there's. Oh, yes. Okay. So you said, I uh, didn't realize what character that was oh, when yes. you said it, well, so, what it was from, but now I do. Yeah. So from Romeo and Juliet, there is a line that I believe Marcuccio is making fun of Romeo about, you know, he, he's sort of smitten with Juliet and Marcuccio is like, what about Rosalind? Or like, you know, um, Romeo at the beginning is like, oh, Rosalind or whatever. Um, and it's a very silly movie about the Rosalind character. It is not done in Shakespearean English. Um, it is just done in, in modern. Um, and it sort of, it follows, uh, kind of the style I would say of like Emily Dickinson, um, or that, 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 uh, comedy TV series. I hadn't watched it, but I've seen lots of trailers and episodes of, or like bits of episodes. Um, and it's basically like the dress and the um and the the environment is all um historical but everyone's talking so everyone can understand it which i think is fine um and it looks very fun and silly and the actress Caitlin Dever from Booksmart and Dopesick um she stars as Rosalind and she's she's great i think she um she's a great actress and she's very funny um and i just it, you know there's a, a bunch of people you know in it and it, i don't know it just i was like oh that's fun i like fun movies so sue me not everything has to be <laughs> oscar worthy um so yeah so that's i saw that and i'm i was excited about that and and other things i'm excited about hmm. um uh moon girl and devil dinosaur <laughs> it has a tra- trailer it's animated i'm excited you should check it out i'm sure it's gonna be fun it was a good comic yeah it was it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good animated series, but I'm glad they went animated for it. Um, a little hard just, to pull off live action. Just a little bit. I mean, I could see someone trying. Um, but anyway, so yeah, those are sort of my things to like look out for the future. Caitlin's future report. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. Caitlin McKinnon's Eye on the Future. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jordan Ferguson's Eye on the Future was very uh, auspiciously timed because what have I, what have I been doing with most of my time the past few weeks, Caitlin? You have been playing video games. Yeah, what video game? Um, the one where you're in Japan 
and I can't remember the name of it. It's called Yakuza, like a dragon. Yakuza. How could I forget Yakuza? Um, yes. Fun fact. Or as Americans say, Yakuza. Yakuza. Uh, a fun fact. Apparently, the game was always, the franchise was always called Like a Dragon in Japan. They just slapped the Yakuza title on oh. it for, for the dumb North Americans. But apparently, going uh, forward, they are going to be done with that, and all the games will be called Like a Dragon. And perfect. the studio, mm-hmm. which is also called Like a Dragon, or Ryuga something something um, in Japanese, had some uh, kind of live event streaming thing last week where they just announced all the games that are coming out in the next couple years. Oh. oh my god, Kate. Not only will we have Like a Dragon 8, which will see the, the melding of the two franchises, <gasps> Ichiban and Kiryu, both in the same game. What? Back oh to Kimuro Choyo. Um, also, I'm, my only, there's literally no footage. It is like two seconds of them like walking together and you see their faces. But they have made choices about Kiryu's hair. Uh-huh. That I am confused. Okay. And skeptical of. <laughs> oh. He's gray. He's old. That's fine. Kiryu can be yeah. a zaddy. Kiryu can be a zaddy. That's fine. <laughs> but it's like emo. He's got the emo sweep going on. <laughs> He's just like swept down in his face type of thing. Anyway, skeptical. We'll see. Um, also, there is a sort of pre-interquel type game focusing on the events that happen to Kiryu while Yakuza 7, the one I'm playing right now, were taking place. It kind of bridges the gap between Yakuza 6 and Yakuza 8. Uh, they say it's going to be a shorter game, but it's basically there's been a longer trailer for that. He's like a monk or he's at some temple that's actually a yeah, because of front for something. Um, and they're calling him, some guy comes to see him for a job and calls him like codename Joryu or something like that. It's called like, it's called like, like a dragon, the man who sold his name or something like that. Anyway, that's all fine. That's great. Those are like two years away. What we care about this year is in something I've only heard of. There is a spinoff series. The, the franchise is so much bigger in Japan than it is here. And it touches so much over there. There have been so many spinoffs, including a version where they just took the characters and put them in feudal Japan. Oh my god, yes. I love when they do this. So it's it's samurai shit. It's Shinsengumi, it's Ronin Samurai, it's all that business. Um, and the thinking for the longest time was that will never fly in the West. So stop asking. It's never going to happen. They have changed their mind. And I'm are, glad. They are giving the Kiwami treatment to this game and it's going to be called like a dragon Ishin. there's a longer trailer out i haven't been able to see all of it yet um just because that's how the week's been i didn't have a spare nine minutes to watch this entire thing but super amped for that you want to give me as many ridiculous side quests in feudal japan as there are in uh Kumurocho, and i am all in on that <laughs> um when I didn't know there was going to be an actual like news story we're talking about, I had a very long thing I'd written down here because I want to talk about the paralysis of choice that is presented to us currently in the streaming era, but we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> okay. Sure. We'll just push it off to another week when we have the think, same issue. Think about, the, think about that for next week, y'all. How has uh, streaming and putting the onus on you to decide what you have to watch affected how you watch things? I'm thinking about that, that this week. And also your mental health. <laughs> And the stack of dishes that is not getting done currently on my There counter. is that, too. I mean, listen. Listen, we were all super amped to cut the cord. But sometimes you just want to come home, turn the TV on, and have something be there. Yeah. I, you don't want, I don't want to pick the episode of The Office I want to watch. I just want The Office to be on. Make that choice for me, world. <laughs> Must I make every choice in my own life? Must the onus <laughs> always be on me? Do I have to be an adult about everything? Can you not spoon feed me can, something? Goddamn it! I just catch War of the War- Tom Cruise War of the Worlds in the third <laughs> act randomly at no, four p.m. on a Saturday. I'm gonna say the like end bit <laughs> where everyone's happy to see each other uh, and they're not ripping bodies I'm apart. Trying to think of the most TBS movie I could think of, but <laughs> it was War of the Worlds starring Tom Cruise. Anyway. There's actual news news, um, which apparently has gotten only worse. Um, so as the world has sort of resumed normal activities after the pandemic, because, you know, 
President Aviators said it was uh, a <laughs> said the pandemic's over. Is it though, Kate? It's not. Is it? It's not. Uh, and there's no there's there's only a new normal. There's no normal normal. Uh, but some activities have gone back to the way they used to do things. One of those things is anime dubbing, as in the English language versions of all your favorite anime. In a still shocking development for me, not only are do we live in a world now of simul subs, where the shit drops in Japan and five hours later you have a subtitled version to watch on your crunchy rolls, there are also simul dubs, where you get the English dub version maybe at the same time. Which is wild. It part is of that involves part of that involves doing the production like months in advance. So they can drop at the same time. Anyway, Crunchyroll. Lord of all things anime um, <laughs> is resuming. We will recall merged with Funimation. Yes. In the last couple of years and kind of absorbed Funimation because Sony bought the Sony bought them both. Sony bought Funimation first and then Sony bought Crunchyroll and just splatted them both together. Funimation used to handle the simul dub side of things much more than Crunchyroll did. Now they're both under the same umbrella. The dubbing operations are based out of Texas generally. So with the resumption of sort of like in-person recordings, Crunchyroll wants to move everything back to Texas. And there are a lot of actors who were doing roles via distance who are worried about losing work. How in a creative field do you generally uh, try to protect yourself from losing work? You unionize. You get the union involved. And there are some voice actors who have petitioned Crunchyroll to do their anime dubbing under... Screen Actors Guild contracts. Surprise to no one, Crunchyroll has not exactly been amenable to this. Uh, oh. um, and the most high profile, or rather the most vocal, I guess, uh, person involved here is a guy named uh, Kyle McCarley, who was the uh, lead voice actor on Mob Psycho 100 for the English dub of Mob Psycho 100. Which I believe is a show we talked about way back when. That neither, way of, back that, that neither of us finished, but we both kind of liked. Um, so this is a piece on the Daily Dot recapping all of this. So, and that's not that's not niche. Daily Dot kind of covers everything. So the mm-hmm. fact that this story is making it to the, rippling out to these outlets is surprising. Fascinating. <laughs> um, but to quote the Daily Dot. Um, This internal conflict has since expanded into a wider backlash against Crunchyroll, with anime fans criticizing the streaming service for its treatment of workers across the board. During the first two seasons of Mob, the English dub was recorded remotely. However, the show was pivoting to in-person recording for season three, leading several characters to be recast as their voice actors aren't able to record in Texas. This sparked a conversation about unionization, focusing on Crunchyroll's monopolistic role in the American anime market. A lot of voice actors are concerned about losing work if they can't record in Texas, with some hoping the actors' union, SAG-AFTRA, could help implement better working conditions. And yes, uh, Kyle McCarley, who plays Mob on the show, was basically leading the charge here. To the point where he he told Crunchyroll he was willing to do the work non-union if they would at least take a meeting with union reps. Uh-huh. Not even agree to anything, just take a meeting. And Crunchyroll still said no. Wow. McCarley um, told Kotaku that he wanted to return for season three, but Crunchyroll wouldn't agree to a contract. He explained that the conflict wasn't over money, but more to do with workplace safety, like setting guidelines to avoid damaging actors' vocal cords. Mob is a shonen show. What do we think a shonen show involves a lot of, Caitlin? Well, we don't think it. My eardrums know it. It's yelling. Yelling. <laughs> they love to yell. Believe it. Uh, Believe it! Uh, McCarley also said he offered to do the job non-union in exchange for a meeting with reps, a request that Crunchyroll turned down. Um, other anime insiders tweeted about complaints about Crunchyroll's unique power within the industry, including accusations that voice actors were paid tiny amounts to dub the hit movie Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, and that other workers like translators were similarly underpaid. Uh, actor Anairis Quinones confirmed she was paid $150 before taxes to voice one of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero's lead characters with co-star Xander Mobis saying he received similar pay. 
Um, so this is in response to uh, Quinones is replying to uh, somebody who tweeted this Crunchyroll mob cycle dub situation reminds me that uh, JJK zero made $30 million in the USA and the dub actors for that were paid like 300 each for their roles. These companies are literally cartoonishly evil. Uh, and Quinones replied, I was paid $150 total, no residuals or anything past that. Oh my God. Holy shit. Y'all. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I I'm not. I don't. I am. Su- I'm <sighs> surprised, but not. I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm not surprised because we hear about stuff like this all the time. But I'm like, my soul is like got a sucker punch. Like right. Like I'm like, oh, that's awful. That's horrible. How does this stuff happen? Uh, another voice actor, uh, Michael Schwab tweeted quote anime pays by far the least of any kind of voice acting despite the stress example and gives the jujitsu kaisen example no royalties no residuals for most no health care after after its acquisition by sony crunchyroll is a monopoly they dominate the anime market if we can force them to pay us fairly and go union it'll dominate the entire anime industry and change our lives crunchyroll pretends your subscription helps the anime industry but enables them to exploit us that's awful. <sighs> Not great. <laughs> so what do we do? I don't know, Kate. <laughs> I don't know. You can't say, you know, you don't want to say piracy because then that does damage the people who like make the stuff, but like canceling, canceling subscriptions doesn't isn't really going to impact it. It's just, it's a really shitty situation. And like you said, I think it's one of those things that everybody kind of suspected, but when you see it, like you can look past it. It's like, Oh, these people are in it for the love. They just love it. And they, they love doing this stuff. It's like a public service, but I didn't know like that kind of pay. That is. That's beyond insulting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's abhorrent, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Especially for like a hundred and fifty dollars, yeah, to record a two, you know, to play a part in a two-hour movie. And yes, it's voice dubbing. And yes, we all love to shit on voice dubbing for you know not being necessarily the best in the anime industry. But like, yo, some of it's really good. I think that like shredding your vocal cords on the regular is probably worth more than one hundred and fifty bucks, even if it's USD. That's just me. It's insane. Do better anime is the takeaway. Also, here. everyone should not want to work in Texas because Texas is evil. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. No, no lies were told, but why would you say something? Come here for the truth, George. Why Jordan? would you say something so correct yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. What are you watching? Um, well, in my mission to get as comf as possible. Oh, starting early. Um, I, uh, so I, I had my heated blanket on <laughs> and I was like, when is the last time I have been this warm and comfortable? And I was like, well, I have these memories of my childhood with my grandma, mm-hmm. um, who she is one of the main reasons why I love mysteries and murder mysteries so much because I used to watch them with her. And you're like, how young were you? And and I'm like, way younger than you think. Um, so, but it was with like a heated blanket and some popcorn, maybe some like hot cocoa and a murder mystery. And I was like, ooh, I've like whipped through all the murder mysteries. So I've gone through all of the murder mysteries I usually watch. And I've, you know, tried to sample ones here and there and haven't really found anything I liked. Um, and I, I went for another one. I was like, oh, this might be interesting. Um, it, it suffers from the unfortunate fact that it was made in 2004. (laughs) So it feels real 2004. Um, and it was okay. It was called Murder in Suburbia. Um, it only had one season, but it's two lady detectives. Um, there's some fun stuff in it, but yeah, it's like I said, very 2004. 
Um, again, if you are listening to this and you're like, I wonder if Caitlin's watched blah, blah, blah. Send it, send it Jordan's way. Twitter it, tweet it, whatever you do. Bird it. I don't know. Um, Bird it. Just, I, I will take any suggestions because I need some good, I need some good murder. Where are my murder shows? <laughs> I need some good murder and mystery shows for the long winter. Um, and I got to stock up now. So yeah, I, 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 I've tried, but I've so far unsuccessful. Um, I'll keep it for when posted. And like, like I said, if you have suggestions, please let me know. Um, I, we've kept up with rings of power. Um, we've kept up with Star Trek lower decks. Um, as we were trying to figure out things to watch, um, Chris made mention of, uh, if we wanted to continue with, um, Game of Thrones and we la- looked at each other and laughed and laughed and we were like, no. And for my birthday, yet again, cause it, it is one of the comfiest movies. Um, I watch dread for like, <laughs> oh, like the 15th time. Gosh. Um, and yeah, I've also discovered though that I do not like rings of power as much if there are no hobbits in it. <laughs> there is an episode entirely without any hobbits and I was like, Hmm. Do like not this. send it back. Send it back. I realized really it. what I want is a show about hobbits. <laughs> Where's my hobbit spinoff? Um, it's like House of the Hobbits instead of House of Dragons. Um, <laughs> and we, I think we're both going to talk about this, uh, but Andor. Um, we watched the first three episodes last night um, because we wanted to and because... You had because I told it. you I need 45 minutes to talk about Andor. Yes. Also that, which I almost wish you hadn't. Cause I think my like senior correspondent, Chris said the same thing you did, which was, I cannot believe that this is a star Wars show. So like, this, this is the thing. All right. Sorry. Was that the last thing you had? Cause we can dovetail into it. Nope. Nope. Discussion. That's, that's the last thing. Last okay. thing I had. Because I am curious if someone who has consumed more Star Wars media than I have is here for a show like this, or are they like, oh, yeah. or are y'all like, mm-hmm. where are my space wizards? No, we, we've, so what's really funny is we have played, we played for a very short amount of time. I, one day, hopefully we'll get back to it, but. We played a Star Wars, I'm going to call it Star Wars D&D, so people who are not familiar with role-playing games know, know what I'm talking about. It's basically like Dungeons & Dragons, but it's set in the Star Wars universe. And there are books and rules for all of this as well um, that are specific to Star Wars. Um, and our characters were very alike the, the um, what you would say, adoptive parents of the main character. Mm. In that they were like, they, you know, they had their own ship. They were really working for like, I, I can't remember which guild we were work, working for, but it was basically like trying to sc- scrape enough to get by and to like upgrade our ship and stuff. Um, and that's a lot of people, that's what they like about the Star Wars universe is that it's this really massive sorry, really massive galaxy and that there are all these different people and all these different stories. So we get, at least personally, I get frustrated when they're constantly focused on rehashing characters or stories. On Jedi and Skywalkers and all that. On Jedi and Skywalkers. And there's like a million different Jedi stories and force sensitive stories, but there's also these stories of people who are trying to get by in the, throughout the bigger sort of war between the rebellion and the empire. Um, And that's, you know, it's smaller stories told in a really interesting place. And it's a great way to highlight daily struggles, which is, (laughs) which is, I mean, like, listen, if if you're totally unfamiliar with what this is, if you've checked out on, on the greater Disney plus uh, star Wars universe, this is, uh, taking a character from Rogue One, which was by, I, I get the sense from a lot of people, one of the better outings in the expanded Star Wars yes. uh, attempts, which was the story of 
in a new hope. They got the plans for the Death Star. It's about how they got the plans for the Death Star about these, mm-hmm. these characters you've never seen before, including a guy named Cassian Andor. And this is, he was played by Diego Luna, who I knew from Nargo. Um, <laughs> And he played he played Cassian Andor, and now this is basically the story of how he gets involved with the Rebel Alliance. And within five minutes, Caitlin, yeah, I saw a Star Wars brothel, wow, and a guy get shot in the face at point blank range. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> sorry, I didn't just see that. I see I saw a guy in the words of. Uh, <laughs> late beloved uh, Mob Deep MC Prodigy get rocked in his face and get his brain stabbed with his nose bone. Yeah. And I said, well, punch my ticket, friends. <laughs> here we go. I'm here for this. All um, aboard. Because, like, so this this was done by uh, Tony Gilroy, who I think wrote and directed Rogue One. Uh, he doesn't direct any of these episodes. He just writes them. Um. And is, not for nothing, beloved by Chris and Andy. So Tony Gilroy was on their show this week. Um, oh, cool. Talking about this, because Chris and Andy were out early. They had seen early, they had seen screeners, and they were like, this is the one. If you've been frustrated, or you've just been kind of like, it's cool. Um, it's it's unfair to say, like, you try to line if you say this is a Star Wars for adults, by saying, like, by coming off as one of those, like, people who get mad when like the Ewoks show up or some shit like that, you know, like, like star Wars was never really supposed to be for adults, but it's amazing. And what makes star Wars as a property. So rich is like you said, there's room for all of these stories. They just haven't been telling them. Yeah. Or they've been getting told in comics or novels or things like, or Mm -hmm. less fiscally, you know, less financially risky areas. Costs a lot less money yeah. to put a book out than it does to make a, you know, well, I believe this show is going to be 24 episodes when it's all said and done. Two 12-episode seasons. Um, awesome. So, like, not a Jedi in sight. The Empire is not even in sight yet. These first three episodes all have to do with... Mall cops. <laughs> yeah, like corporate company cops. The whole thing, and I, the, Chris and Andy were mentioning this to Tony Gilroy, like, like you ju- if you just take the, you know, the, the two trilogies... You just hear about a rebel alliance. You hear about rebels in a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What drives people to that? How did that happen? Yeah. And that's the kind of what this story is is telling. And just and it doesn't hold your hand on anything. It does. It has room for. I howled at the introduction of like lead overzealous corporate cop. Yeah. Who like the fact his story alone and like this is going to turn into me like you know pony it up to Tony Gilroy as a screenwriter, but like the first time you see him, there's been, so these two, these two company men have gotten murdered inadvertently. The first one was on accident and then to save himself and or kills the other one. Um, and so they get the report back that this happened and his name is Cyril Karn is the character's name. Um, and he's like, his superior is basically telling him like, it's not really worth uh, pursuing. Um, you know, it was probably X, Y, Z. It's not worth devoting resources to investigate it. And then there's like a pause or even before that, there's a pause where his superior looks at him and is like, did you do something to your uniform? And you can already tell by looking at this guy who he uh, is. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I like added some piping and some, and some light tailoring. Yeah. <laughs> That's everything you need to know about this guy. So to see him, have that moment with his superior where he's being told this isn't worth it. And then go off book to really try and track and or down and to have it go so terribly wrong by the third episode, literally sideways. Um, and to know that he's going full heel <laughs> after this, like, Oh, and, and I, I honestly, you know, it's a good show when after the third episode, uh, you're desperate for the next one. <laughs> like tapping the remote, like, come on. And that um, was a great three-episode arc. Like, each episode was was great on its own, but it was a really good, solid arc because you've come to this, well, the, the first act, right? Um, 
the call has been made. He like you've set up why he has to leave and the people he's left behind and, and how people are unhappy. And you've set up this, you, you know, this guy is going to not just be dismissed. You just, I'm just waiting for him to get torn apart by his superior officer. Mm. Um, and like relishing it. (laughs) um, just yeah, and, it's we could talk about this honestly. We probably should have done a whole episode on the show, but it's 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 so surprising and so. Like I said, I can't believe this is the same universe where like the Book of Boba Fett like exists, where like you know, yeah. wacky wacky <laughs> space scooter teens or whatever like exists. Like you can do both. You don't always have to do one. There's room. There's room for both, and like even lines yeah. where like. So the Fiona Shaw character, um, who's Andor's adopted mother, who found him on, you know, there was some mining accident. Her and her partner were like looting the remains before the Empire showed up. And there was a like sort of. There are some survivors from this accident and you don't know if they're the workers' kids or if they lived there before the mining was happening. Oh, so I, th- I took it as they lived there before the mining was happening. It's um, a possibility, but you don't know because they're all kids, right? So when Fiona Shaw and her partner show up, there are these like you know, these, these kids, maybe about fifty of them, um, hanging around on the planet. It's kind of unclear if they were uh, children of the mine uh, mining workers or what have you. Um, but Axe's Axe's Andor's mother, uh, essentially, uh, after they after they leave the planet, and it's like it's so amazingly framed. So the the cops have shown up. The walls are closing in on Andor and everybody in this town, city, whatever, starts banging on shit rhythmically to signal each other, like what's happening. And she's just sitting there so calm. And and they were talking about this on, on the Chris and Andy show, how like they filmed it in London instead of like Manhattan beach. Like there's no volume here. They built, they built a lot of this shit, Um, which is why it looks different, I guess, than a lot of these other star Wars shows. But, like, you film in London, you need actors, you have the best stage actors in the world just kicking it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> they can just show up and, like, like Bix's, uh, you know, RIP uh, Paramore there. He could have been, like, from the Royal Shakespeare Company or some shit. Like, everybody's just crushing their roles that they're in. And she's just sitting there while this all this banging and clanging is happening. And it's, it's the line, oh, what did she say exactly? It's like, do you know what that is? That's the sound of a reckoning. Yeah. And you really want to be worried when it stops. And it's just, it sounds cheesy for me to say it, but in that moment, you're like, holy fuck. It's just, like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. And even the scene with Skarsgård and the, and the like little, the little action scene where Andor still thinks it's about, you know, whatever piece of tech he's leaving behind. Yeah. And Skarsgård's trying to convince him. It's like, no, there's bigger things we got to worry about right now. And the shootout and the, the engine blocks are like falling from the ceiling of this warehouse they're in. It's like, the edge of your seat type shit. I'm like, I can't believe this is so well done. Like I did not hate the Mandalorian. I was confused by Boba Fett and Obi-Wan, but like ultimately I watched all of them. I didn't hate them. I thought I didn't know why they existed, but but Mandalorian first season was phenomenal. I don't know about phenomenal, but it was good. Mm, It was a, it was a, it was a very solid, like it was the closest thing, I think because it was the closest thing to a monoculture moment that we had had since, like, Game of Thrones. It was like, holy shit, everybody's watching this. Baby Yoda is, like, a cultural phenomenon to a degree that we hadn't seen in a very long time. And it was a it was a moment. I think it being a moment pushed it along, and we were just surprised that it was like, oh, this is really kind of okay. Well, I really liked it. <laughs> I did not feel the same way about, like, Boba Fett Definitely. Well, we know my feelings about Obi Wan. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that was like, uh, but, but I feel like the the idea of having these stories um, that have nothing to do with, you know, not not really the the Jedi that we know. These sort of like peripheral stories. To me, that's what like the Star Wars universe is about. Um, because there's a lot of space in that galaxy, and I mean, and even like 
the fact that they kept on going to Tatooine and now we've got new places and to explore. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, this has been a flip for me from obviously, you know, as a kid, if anything showed up that like, like you love the droids cartoon. And I remember watching the droids cartoon as a kid and being like, where the fuck is anyone I know? What is it? There's no lightsabers here. Um, and now I'm like, please God, get me away from lightsabers and Jedi and all that business. Like show me something else. And the show is doing that tenfold. So I am all the way in on Andor. I could not be more mm-hmm. in, on anything I've seen recently. Although it should be said, uh, she hulked me for a nice little, uh, aperitif after that. <laughs> you had yeah. Your, you had your big intense, uh, moment of Andor. I watched the three episodes over two days and then I just, uh, polished off she hulk. Yeah. It's like, well, nice little, well, nice little plink that was. Though I was, I, I don't know if it's just me, but there, there were no after credits on the last two episodes, right? No, there's only the Megan, the stallion has only mid credit has been the only uh, scene, I believe. Oh, okay. Keep teasing me with Daredevil, y'all. Let's go. No. Let's go. Bring me back. Bring me back Matthew Murdoch. Two things right quick. I probably should just cap it at Andor, but, you know, I have a format I need to stick to. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned buying some graphic novels or some manga uh, by the title Orochi by the Junji Ito horror predecessor, uh, Kazuo Umez. I read some of the first volume because it's a bunch of short stories, and it is kind of really good for the time it came out in the Excellent. late sixties, early seventies. Um, actually I had a couple twists. They were cheesy twists, but they were twists enough that I went, Ooh. Ooh. I went, Ooh, Caitlin. Um, and lastly, I mean, Kate, Caitlin and senior correspondent are laughing when presented with the choice and EPQ <laughs> asks me every time, why do you keep doing this to yourself? But I keep watching house of the dragon. I'm going to give it one more fucking episode. Cause the, <laughs> The actors are the big time jump is happening next week where the actors are changing. Mm-hmm. I'll give it one episode of that, but man, extraordinary attorney Wu has like the same runtime and I enjoy that show way better. So like, listen, <laughs> kids, my birthday's coming up. I'm approaching an age. Like I gotta be more cognizant of how I'm spending my hours here. And <laughs> yo, I just, I can't do it anymore. Can't do it. Sorry, George. Anyway, could I do the thing Caitlin brought in this week for Cinematic September? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll get into that when we come back from this break. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other this week, I have brought Jordan spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I have not been spontaneous. I was actually talking about it, and I was like, maybe I should give it to you, which is the reverse <laughs> of that. But that is the film I gave him. <laughs> but before we get into it, A, we're going to let Jordan breathe and maybe <laughs> have a drink of water. And uh, C, or no, B, B, we're going to go through our rules. I just I just was going to jump over the rules. Um, no, we're going to go through some rules, which is the rule. The first rule is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them. But it is a film. It is cinematic September. Does not apply. Does not apply. Um, so I can just hope that Jordan maybe uh, did watch it. It's just my hope. Mm-hmm. Um because uh, the second rule is save it for the pod. That's the rule that we will only talk about the thing in front of these microphones. So I don't actually know she if Jordan has watched it. no idea. Yeah. Because None. even though this movie, uh, I mean, it came out in 2020. That's not bad. We still want you guys to get the freshest of takes from us. This is unscripted, as you can probably tell. Off the dome, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to say about it. I don't know if he's going to hate it. I don't know if he's going to like it, but we want you to have that live reaction. <laughs> it's great. It's like being right here. Um, the third rule, which is not a rule. It is just more of a policy is that there will be spoilers. And I mean, it's not going to be super spoil spoilery, but if you don't like spoilers and you don't like to know what's going to happen in a film, then you should probably leave now. Um, get your heated blanket. Find a good murder mystery. Make yourself a cup of tea. <laughs> fuck off. And, uh, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, and with that, Jordan, 
Oh, right. And then I have to tell you about the film. What the hell is it, Caitlin? (laughs) What do you think? Well, before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the film. Spontaneous is a 2020 American coming-of-age romantic black comedy horror film. Hyphenates. You know how much I love those hyphens. Um, Written and directed by Brian Duffield in his directorial debut. It stars Catherine Langford, Charlie Plummer, a bunch of other people you've never heard of, and is based on the 2016 novel of the same name by Aaron Starmer. It was released... uh, Sorry, just ignore that part. Um, I'm just going to say the very beginning of the plot that's written up on Wikipedia, because we'll get into that as we talk about it. During a senior calculus class at Covington High, senior student Caitlin Ogden inexplicably explodes, spraying the surrounding students in classroom with blood. The police take the class into custody during an investigation, but aside from ruling out an attack, are unable to determine the cause of the explosion. Throughout the movie, uh, others... Other classmates from the senior year explode. Um, they don't really figure out why, or you don't, it doesn't really, you don't get a full explanation of this. It just happens and nobody knows why. It's a metaphor, which is, y'all. <laughs> it's where the, yes, it is a metaphor, but it's where the horror element, that and the very like grossness of the explosions come, that, that those are sort of the horror elements of it. Um, but yeah, but we'll get into sort of probably more of the plot as we go along. Um, Jordan, what did you think of it? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Okay. <laughs> well, that no, was a I nice le- chat. I, le- I legitimately don't. <laughs> I I still don't. I feel like this movie came out to the plate. Yep. It pointed to the rafters. Yep. It 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 lined up. It took position. Brought mm-hmm. up the bat with confidence. Yep. The pitch came in. And it connected whoosh. it connected for a single. Nope, didn't whoosh. It connected. Oh. oh. But for a single. Because I didn't this, know anything this, about this film. This was a plain film for you, right? Like No uh no. This was a film I watched in Vancouver. Um, oh, you're already in Vancouver. I thought it was. Yeah. That was on the plane yeah. you watched this. No, we we were in Vancouver. We were looking for a film. This is one of the things that um, my friend Ren had on her like, um, you know, possible watch list. Mm. Um, I didn't know anything about this film, um, and I was like, cool, I like black comedies. Um, and when I realized what the metaphor was, I was like, ooh, that's a big miss. Um, but if you take away the metaphor, it's kind of just a fun film. What do you take the metaphor as? I, cause I read, well, I read some takes that it was school shootings. It is school shootings yeah. for sure it is. And, but the, the way they present it, like these things just happen. Nobody yes. knows why nobody yes. can stop it. It's like, but ac- actually though, we, we do know why and it can be <laughs> I, stopped. I, actually, there's uh, no reason for this. Mental health crisis services and like access to the firearms and et cetera can all lead to reductions and the things you think you can't stop. Um, yeah. Be that as it may. The film is like a million things at once. It is, yes. it is trying to what worked for me and what didn't let's play that game because i did that to you on the phone from the train last week what worked for me um Mm -hmm. we'll do the bad news first what didn't work for me i did not believe that those two girls were like i did not believe in the strength of their friendship they barely hung out in the entire movie um yeah no i feel the same way it's like she's my friend since i was in like third grade and we were gonna beach house and like smoke hookah with our toes in the sand i was like you barely hang out in this movie um i had a problem with her and i'm trying to suss out if she was just a shitty character or if i can't handle if i'm one of these uh horrible men who can't handle uh and what oh fuck what's the difficult one difficult one that's the word <laughs> it's uh like, it's the latter I was, like, I was like what's what's the don draper i did not find i i had a twofold with her because i hated her on her own and whenever she was acting out or being a dick i was like yeah but her little the little rom-com moment which is the other thing the movie is trying to be it's trying to be the little, the little love story between mara and dylan yeah. Mm-hmm. who's this because the event affects people in different ways. You know, the girl explodes, they go through this, this moment and Dylan's moment is like, 
shoot my shot. I've had a crush on this girl since like 10th grade or whatever. I'm going to shoot my shot and it works. And they start this, they start this relationship and the two of them together, I found actually kind of touching and very sweet. Mm. And I like their relationship and I, I knew, <laughs> sorry, I also have to say EPQ couldn't remember the name of this movie. And when I said I had to sit down to watch it, she was like, what was it called? Sploders. <laughs> Uh, you know what you want to know something Uh, like legitimate i could not remember the name of the movie and i put in (laughs) explosion movie that is so put in exploders is now officially what i call this movie to the point that when shit really starts popping off and it's the most like school shooting type like moment in the movie where like they have been running everyone's running and people are just exploding at random and and it's 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 a Frankly, I thought it was a well done moment in the movie. Like that, my problem with this movie is I was so up and down with it. Right, I have moments that I was really invested and interested, and then I was like totally on my phone. Um, it couldn't sustain, it couldn't keep my attention, it couldn't mm-hmm. sustain my interest. Um, but <laughs> when they were all started running and they were popping off all over, <laughs> did Jordan scream out, "Oh, they all exploding now!" Um, <laughs> yes, yes, he did <laughs> by himself in his apartment. And so it, and the way they framed the shot, it became very obvious that Dylan was going to explode. Oh, in, we, in front we, of her. we were either like, he's going to explode, or the best friend is going to explode, yeah. or she's going to explode, or they're all going to explode. <laughs> like, we knew no one was safe. And we knew, like, not all of them were safe. Um, so he, he goes down. You don't see it. It's just like they're standing there and they're both like, oh my God, thank God you're okay. And then it's just this, like, wash of red. And then it goes into, like, the trauma grief moment, like, movement of the movie, which is, like, Mm -hmm. she's just getting, she's just falling into depression and alcoholism and drug abuse. And it's, like, it's, like, what is Rob Hubel do something? Like, (laughs) (laughs) only guy I knew in this movie. Even then I had to look his name up. Uh, And that was a real weird moment of the movie. And yet they're still going back to school because they think if they graduate, this curse they have will be lifted type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Kate said, they never, they never explain. There's never any, even a MacGuffin for like why this is happening, which is, you know, the point. And I, you know, respect, I kind of respected that, you know, I do love a good, you know, myth of Sisyphus, uh, you know, riff, <laughs> just like, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. And maybe it's kind of pointless, but you know, the world's beautiful and this is what we got. Um, but it, the movie was kind of a mess, but I kind of respected it. Despite that, yeah, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I thought it was fun, and there were many parts of the movie I enjoyed. I liked the parents who were legitimately good parents, but didn't know how to deal with a very difficult situation. Who, who also, yes, Rob Hubel plays the father, and Piper Parabo from Coyote yeah. Ugly. All my, yeah. all my old heads remember her from that. Um, she plays the mom, and yes, you are correct. Very good parents. Um. And to their very shitty child. <laughs> and, you know, I liked, you know, the alcoholism to deal. I think that was, you know, fair. Um, I think she was complicated and she's, you know, pessimistic and is having a hard time dealing with it. I didn't always love her. I thought the romance was really sweet. I mean, I guess maybe I, I guess maybe that- I had no sorry to cut you off, but I guess I had no going back to my like why well, I didn't know what to make of her. She was like that from jump, and I never really understood yeah. why. Was it just like small town contrarianism? Was it just, I don't just know. a morbid kind of why kid? Why would someone be like that, Jordan? I wonder. My family was terrible. Her family was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think sometimes people are just like that. <laughs> you know, it's a little Daria ness, I guess, that I like. I, I can't. I, I can't guess. Um,. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed parts of it. And I think I said last week, I was like, it wasn't my favorite film for sure. And there were, you know, large parts of it that I was like, eh, same thing. Ooh. I was on my phone for ooh, a big part. Ooh, sorry. Ooh, that, that's ooh, what ooh. I hated. Yeah. Don't bring Trump into my popular entertainment. Don't mention him. Don't make jokes about him. I don't need him in my movies or anything. I have enough of that man in my life. We've all had enough of that man in our lives. Don't, I don't, even if you're dunking on him, I don't need it in a movie. I don't go to movies to encounter I'm sure, that man. I'm sure people said that about Reagan. Possibly. Shouldn't, shouldn't do it then either. 
it does, you know, highlight what time period <laughs> this is it. This was made in. Um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I thought there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. Um, it was much more romantic than I thought it was going to be. Surprisingly so, yeah. Yes. Um, and I did like the teenagers. I did like the jock who kept on giving inspirational speeches. <laughs> I like the was, kid. The, the guy in the suit who, when he explodes, the suit just like crumples. <laughs> it's a good, it was that a good was, visual, yes. Yeah, that was yeah. The visuals were amazing. I actually thought the the visuals were one of the best parts of the film. But it's, I guess it's um, just it's just the whiplash of tone that's constantly happening with the movie, right? Because it's like. But I guess I I like it when it sort of like changes it up. You know, movie. I don't have a long attention span anymore, guys. I am a kid. I'm a child of the '90s. I was you know fed a steady diet of fast paced cartoons and um crazy antics i uh i can't i can't think something for something to stay tonally the same the whole time i, I mean maybe not maybe Star not Wars maybe not cons- maybe not consistent but i just didn't understand some of the shifts like they treat the first girl who explodes as a joke and then but by the time the twins, you know, the drug dealing twins explode in the car when she's there. They treat that really serious. And because like, I think it's the difference between someone you didn't really know and people you did. Maybe. I think that was part of it. Look for deeper meaning. Yeah. During... No. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Um, but anyways, okay. So kick punches. What do you what do you give it? I don't know. What's a single base run? A single base hit worth on kick punches? Like six and a half. I was going to say six. I think six and a half is generous. I mean, five means you connected, and then I guess it's uh, incrementally based on how many so, how many bases you're in. Because I enjoyed it more than Jordan, I'm going to say a seven. I think it's a fine movie for like I don't know, uh, like a Thursday or a Friday <laughs> or like a back to back where you watch like Heather's and Spontaneous. Like I feel those two, you know, movies have the same vibe. Um. Yeah, I'm amazed. So. I'm amazed. I didn't that didn't click before you said it, but it's definitely yes. It's trying to work the Heather's lane. Heather's is better, but this is definitely trying to work that lane. That's not a bad movie. It's just kind of all over the place. So don't. Yeah. If you think you're going to go into some like insane wacky grindhouse kind of movie, it's not that. And then by the no. time you think you're dealing with some sort of like side eyed rom com, meet cute. Teen com, you know, teen romance type of thing. It ain't that. Nope. And then if you think it's going to be like trauma recovery, it's not all that either. Like it's trying to be like four different movies. And I mean, I respect the ambition. I just don't think it. I don't think it knocked it out of the park. I think it got a solid base hit. And you know what? Set yourself up for uh, for subsequent batters. So yeah. So watch Heather's. Watch Spontaneous. Maybe watch a Jawbreaker. Tell us. Oh my god, jawbreaker! <laughs> tell us which of these you you like the best. Speaking, speaking um, of movie network latchkey kid movies. <laughs> write write your uh, your dissertation or your your essay and comparing these films. There you go. You can have your there's your film school thesis. You can have that one for free. Yeah, and then uh, we'll see you next week, class. <laughs> Gems, y'all friends. We don't know what that's on Crave. If you're in Canada, I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. It's, on, it's on most of your uh, you know streaming providers. If you, you may have to pay to rent if you uh, or pay to watch for most of them. But if you're if it's, it's in the library of Crave here in Canada, uh, only till the end of the month. I got a warning when I went to watch it. It's only up there till September 30th. Well, well, so, so some of the bi- some of the business them. daddies at Warner Discovery might think. Uh, <laughs> Spontaneous is not worth worth the server space it's using, so get on that fast. Friends, we don't know what we're gonna do next week. No, that's up to Jordan. That's unless all- we unless we do a joint My God, venture. it is up to me. Um I don't know. Yeah, we can figure something out. When we know, you'll yeah. know. We hope you come back and join us for it. Friends, if you got any suggestions on what we could watch, I'm sure we'll come up with something, but you know, we always open to suggestions from the audience. Hit us up at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. We will take them under advisement. And other than that, friends, I think we'll put a pin in it right here. Thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. 
they're screaming and hollering into yeah. a microphone to like give drama to, sorry, this woman is going to war with this pigeon across the, <laughs> across the way. She got the broom out and this pigeon do not give a fuck. <laughs> oh, cause it's, oh, she got the mesh up. The pigeon got inside the mesh. That's the problem. <laughs> so she's trying to shoo the pigeon up over the mesh. Caitlin, I don't know how this is going to go. No ideas. I don't. Well, lady, what are you going to do? What's she going to do, y'all? Yeah, she might kill this thing in front of me. Oh my god! I'm about to watch pigeon murder. <laughs> no, like her only other option is to just manhandle the thing and try and throw it over. Like it's not going to figure out how to get over the mesh on its own. Like she ducked under the balcony. What's happening, <laughs> Caitlin? What's happening? I don't see the pigeon. I don't see the pigeon, <laughs> uh, Caitlin. I don't see the pigeon anymore. <laughs> She's killed it and eaten it. Hi, everyone. This has now become a true crime podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to talk about this whole thing about while I talk about... I'll talk about oh, yeah, that's right. Welcome, welcome to our true crime podcast. Oh, but what, what are we going to call it? When murderers take flight? No, when, when victims take... I don't know. Avian murder in apartment 403. <laughs> Yo, that pigeon has not crossed the balcony threshold since. She has killed that pigeon. Lady, you just got a dead pigeon on your on your balcony now. She went back in the house and she came out with a bag. Oh yeah, it's dead. Girl, I'm totally rear windowing right now. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Oh my god. Caitlin, call the police. <laughs> 